Welcome back to another Snap Position. My name is Cole Orn, along with my co-host, Zach Kruger. And uh, we're back at it again, Zach. Back we're at it. We're episode last week. We're an episode this week. Yeah. It's just yeah. us again. It's you know what? Dude, I'm okay with that. I am, too. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. We've had so many episodes where we've had so many people on. I think it's time, especially these past two episodes, it's been nice to kind of, just the two of us, just kind of talk and have a conversation about whatever and I think today we're going to kind of get into a little bit of the the competition realm and how we can I think instill competition in our players but then the type of competitive nature that we're looking for out of our teams um I think that's kind of what we're going to get into today but how's everything been with you up there in Pittsburgh honestly bro like let me tell you this man it was 81 degrees the other day and then today it was a high of 53 so fall In Pittsburgh is officially here. Um, yep. My driveway is covered in leaves, and it's pretty freaking cold outside. But it's beautiful. Like, I, I love this weather. It reminds me so much of our fall season. My players yep. have been feeding off of that, too. So in our training sessions, they're like, like, oh, my God, it feels like fall. I love this. Like, it's just, you know, in Pennsylvania, and, and you know that because you're from PA, but in Pennsylvania, fall is probably the best season that there is. It's so beautiful. Yep. It's you know, it's so it's crisp in the morning, but it gets you going. And it's exciting, um, you know. But for me personally, it's just it's my favorite time of the year, and really feels like it's we should be in season right now. But um, yeah. you know, we're we're able to train right now. We've been training almost every day, but you know, with the NCAA rules, we're off for two days. So today's one of our off days, which is great for me. I'm at home. Um, <laughs> this is, much needed after last night i was in the weight room until like midnight so um, yeah but yeah you know it's just it's very reminiscent of our season and i think that that's kind of fueling our girls a little bit it's definitely fueling our staff we're we're excited um you know it's october right now so today's october 1st for us and you know we're about halfway through our season so we're we're pretty excited and you know i'm sure you know you guys are feeling the same way and Yep. This semester's flying by, so, and and honestly, like, from a from a COVID update, you know, we haven't had, we haven't had that many cases. We've only had about five or six cases that have been confirmed. Other schools in our conference are like three, four hundred cases. So, we're really wow. fortunate here where we're at. You know, we've done a really good job of of mitigating and and and, and really trying to practice, you know, our our safety measures, and our kids have bought into that. So it's been it's been a really Honestly, it's been a really good semester. Saw my AD yesterday. He asked me how things are going. I was like, honestly, I got no complaints. Like, things have been going really well. So, that's my update. That's where I'm at. How about you, man? Where you at? Yeah. No, we're, we're doing well. I mean, um, just kind of still sticking with the swing of things. We're training about four days a week, doing three days of um, on-field work, and then a strength and conditioning day. Um, We've kind of been allowing the girls to kind of do the strength conditioning on their own. I mean, just kind of doing some conditioning stuff on their own out and um, just going for runs or whatever it may be to kind of give them that freedom a little bit so it's not so scripted. Um, but then we're getting out in the field and doing some contact stuff and doing some small-sided. And I think the weather is starting to change here. It was, it's been cold, but relatively cool for the past week or so. And today it's supposed to be like a high of 77. So, you know, it's good old North Carolina weather. Never knows what it wants to be. And then you get the pop-up thunderstorms every now and again. That, like Tuesday, we were on the field, and 15 minutes into the session, we had to leave because of a storm just rolling in out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
But uh, no, it's going well, and I think we're getting. I think our girls are doing what we're asking of them, and they're they seem excited to be out on the field and doing something. Um, yeah. And then as, in terms of us as a coaching staff, we're kind of getting ready to hit that recruiting trail. Um, I think we got WAGs in a week and a half, so yep. we're excited to be out at WAGs. So if anybody's listening to this and going to be attending WAGs, let me know. <laughs> I think my assistant uh, as well for that. Yeah, so I'll probably make it out there on the Monday. I think um, my head coach is going to make it out there Saturday, Sunday. So, but yeah, I mean, which isn't too far for us, about two and a half hours, so it's not too bad. But um, it's no, kind of hitting more, more like real five, hard. Five hours for us. Yeah, yeah, you got a little bit more of a hike. Yeah. And um, before you know it, Thanksgiving will be here. Yep. Kids will be gone. Yep. And then it's uh, heavy Castle. recruiting time. Yeah, heavy recruiting. Castle and CSC. Zach, we just booked a trip to ECNL, Florida, at Disney. Yeah, we're going together. So we'll, we'll spend a good month together for the, pretty much here. Uh, all the way from yep. December, all the way through January, Cole and I will be kind of going through um, – well, he, well, a life update. Cole's getting married, for those who don't know. I am. And uh, I am. we got his bachelor party over New Year's. In yep. South Carolina at Myrtle Beach. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go back to North Carolina for a couple of days to his house. And we'll fly to Florida for like two and a half weeks. My brother lives in Jacksonville, so we'll st- be staying with him. Um, so it's, it's kind of nice for me to I get to see my brother, who I haven't seen in a long time. And, you know, obviously, like with COVID and everything, like I want to go see my, my family. So um, not being yeah. able to travel to see him kind of sucked. Um, it's been, I don't know, almost a year since I've seen him. So. It's going to be really nice to see my brother. Um, and then we'll, ha- we'll sprint over to ECNL, then we'll come back to see him, and then sprint back over to, to Disney, yep. and then we'll fly home, which will be, I think, a good, a good trip for us. Exactly. And then yeah. we got a week and a half before the big day. Yeah, and then you get married. Half before the big day, and then I get married. So, so fun time. If you're a dude and you're listening to this thing, take advice from Cole. Just avoid – being home for the whole month before your wedding. Exactly. Exactly. It's the, I, I did check in with the fiance with Steph, who's been on the podcast before with us, but checked in with her to make sure I wasn't doing anything I shouldn't be and leaving a couple weeks before the wedding, but she seemed okay with it. So I think we'll yeah. roll with it and who knows, maybe we'll drag her down for, for a day or two to Disney. That'd be nice. Get the, get the girls down there. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. So, Lots to look forward to. Um, this fall season is definitely wrapping up quick, and I think before we know it, we'll be out of the fall season into heavy recruiting and then back to it in the spring with hopefully, hopefully having a season. Yeah, hopefully. crazy. Hey, hey, honestly, man, like I've been getting some really good updates from people that we've had on the show, and like I don't know about you, but like people have been like reaching out to me and being like sending me like photos of like and video clips of their sessions and it's been really cool for me to see some of the feedback that we've gotten. Um, you know, I, I have some people that are doing like some more in game, like style coaching than just a session, you know, of like, yep. I don't know, like shot stopping or whatever. But I feel like some of the people that have been listening to our show and the feedback we've been getting is they've been kind of branching into more of like their, their game, the game like style coaching where like they'll do a session, but then, you know, they'll, they'll stand behind the goal during small side and, and then have conversations with them. And I've been getting a lot of like positive feedback from that. And 
it's actually been a really good feeling from my end to see some proactive change in yeah. the way goalkeeping coaching is being done. You know, for, for the two of us, that's like totally normal for us to be like behind a goalkeeper in the small side of games. That's, yeah. you know, how we, how we coach. And um, for some people who haven't done that and only have done trainings, it's really encouraging to see some people stepping behind the goal, getting behind their goalkeepers and, and talking to them, helping them. And, and, you know, hopefully them learning some things in the flow of the game that may help them succeed, you know, as they get a little bit older. So I did want to say that I have seen some really positive feedback yep. um, and some really cool stuff that, you know, some of the people here in Pittsburgh have been sending me and like, they know like we're, that we do this podcast. So yeah, it's been really interesting to see the, the growth and development of some people in our area just because That's we're awesome. all hearing information right now. Yeah. I think for maybe if, if a coach is listening and hasn't tried that yet, where they've stood behind a goalkeeper and kind of coach from that position, try it. Give it a shot. I mean, you'll be surprised at how much you'll find out about what your goalkeeper's doing within a game. It's it's not always easy looking at the goalkeeper head on and being able to figure out, are they on the right ball line? Are they truly set? Are they communicating well? If you get behind them, you start to hear a lot more. You start to see the positioning. Um, their set position, all those sorts of things that you may have never seen before. It's a huge benefit for us as goalkeeping, especially as goalkeeping coaches, to then stand behind the goalkeeper and, and see what they're doing. It's it's amazing the amount of coaching that you can get in when you're doing that. Right, absolutely. So, yeah, I kind of texted you today and was like – or last night, and I was like, dude, I want to record an episode. I want to I wanna talk about th- this piece that I've been kind of – really hitting on lately with my, with my team and my, and my staff. It's, it's just, it's just identifying as many opportunities to, to get them to be competitive as possible. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, this isn't just a, a goalkeeping thing. I mean, I know goalkeepers are usually super competitive. They, they are type A personalities where they want to have those shutouts and make every save and be perfect. But, you know, how, how do you, and that, that's, that's competitiveness. That's really, really driven competitiveness. But, you know, how do we teach that to a, to a whole team? How do you, how do you do that? But, like, you know, for me, I was – my assistant coach showed me this video, and it was the head women's basketball coach at Duke. And she had this speech of, like, there's a huge difference between hard, working hard, like hard work, which is, like, we create an environment as coaches that makes you have to work hard. Like we do, we can do that, but we can't make you compete. Competing's on you. Like you have to be able to compete with the people around you, whether that's against them or, or, or what, but you know, but you can also compete with yourself in your own head of like, okay, I got, you know, 48 seconds on this last sprint. I'm going to try and beat my own time. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I'm just going to try and beat myself. You know, like this, this idea of competitiveness and to compete in these little moments, I think can really separate a team when it comes to like a 50 50 ball, those little details can come out that that's where the competitive spirit can really come out. And, and especially like as a goalkeeper thinking about a situation that's, you know, where we really get amped up, you know, that we should feel like we're getting amped up making big time saves. Like that's me besting you. And I, and I love that competitiveness, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of curious to see is what are some ways that you have done in your trainings or in your sessions or what that have fueled that competitive spirit with field players or with your goalkeepers. It could be anything at all, but what are some tactics that you've used 
or that your head coaches use to just fuel that competitive spirit? I mean, I think the first thing, if I'm working with the goalkeepers and maybe we're doing a shooting exercise, it's telling the goalkeepers like, okay, we'll have a little competition with field players. Whoever, if you save X amount of goals, the field players have to do some sort of, we call it a punishment. And if the field players score X amount of goals, then the goalkeepers have to do some sort of punishment. So we make it competitive in that way that the goalkeepers are kind of competing against the field players. But even then I can break it down and I'll break it down with the goalkeepers and say, okay, if you make, whoever makes the most amount of saves out of the goalkeepers or concedes the least amount of goals, then doesn't have to do anything where the other two now have, or the other three now have some sort of punishment that they have to do because that person was better. So just kind of creating that competitive nature there with them. But then within the team, we do something called teams within the team. So we kind of break up into smaller groups within the team. And those people then, they may not always be on the same team. Like if we're playing small-sided, they may not always be on the same team together. But if they let's, they can get points towards their team, overall team though. So just kind of saying that even if you're competing against somebody who's on your team within a team, you're still trying to best them because you want points for your team. So now you're creating even more of a competitive environment. We, we add those up and we do some sort of prizes or um, just, again, adding a punishment to it or just something at the end of the year for that, for that group that decides to win and just kind of creating that competitive culture there. And I think it's just in everything we do is asking them to better themselves by doing, if it's one more rep in the weight room, if it's doing an extra doing an extra skill or an extra pass or an extra part of the drill to get them better. And I think that's all part of building that competitive nature because at the end of the day, when you're competitive, you're looking to get better. That's the whole point, I think, of, of a competitive nature. Yes, when you work hard, you still get better. But I think it's having that mindset of, okay, I'm going to work hard, but I want to beat what I've done before. I want to beat the person standing next to me or – I'm gonna. We're gonna win in small sided. We're not gonna. We're not gonna concede a goal in small sided. Those for me are all competitive pieces that I think us as coaches we continue to instill in our players and say, okay, this is what we're looking for, and do one more rep. Don't concede a goal. Those little things I think help build that competitive nature. How does building that competitive nature translate into after when they graduate? How does that help them when they're an employee? I think they're always looking for what they can do next that can help them continue on the path of success. And it's not, it's not necessarily saying that you're discrediting somebody else, but you're looking to do what you can do to better yourself. And sometimes that may mean that, you have to step away from your current job to take another one. So that way you can step on a path that's going in the right direction or you are getting things done earlier than they need to be and asking for direction and asking for the next thing that you need to do. I mean, I think Zach, you and I, I mean, when you were an assistant and now still an assistant for me, I think it's the competitive piece for me as the assistant is I get something done and I go look for the next task or 
I know what the next test may be, and I'm thinking a step ahead or two of my my head coach to get it done. And I think that's a competitive piece for me is showing that I'm. First of all, you can kind of see that I'm I'm working hard, but I'm making sure things are done, and I'm I'm trying to better myself, and then ultimately better the people that I'm working with and my players. So I think it's they they take, and I think. As athletes, you always see them having more success in the workforce. You tend to see them having more success in the workforce than those that maybe have not gone through college athletics because they're used to working with the team. They have that competitive spirit. They want to work hard. They are going to put their head down and get things done because at the end of the day, they want to win. And I think as athletes, we all want to win. That's that's why we do what we do. We want to win. We're so competitive. That we'll do sometimes. I wouldn't say we do whatever it takes to win, because obviously there's people in history who have done things um, in terms of cheating or other things. But I think it's just finding that competitive way to best best yourself or best others around you. Do you feel like when you're providing environment, when you're when you're providing an environment that is really competitive? not necessarily hard, but competitive. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you get the best out of your players when you do that? Yeah, because they're starting to ha- they're having fun. They're yeah. enjoying it. They're enjoying what they're doing because they're, they're just head down. They, they want to win, and you can just see the desire. And I'll tell you what, the level of play goes up tenfold when they get competitive and the, the fun comes out and it just the quality of play just goes up, which is incredible. It's incredible to stand there on the sideline and just watch. And you don't have to say anything. You just are sitting there just watching. Yeah. Going, wow. I feel it's like when we, when we, when we do that and we have a really good session that's based on competitiveness, not hard work, like hard work will come after. But what I've found is that they start to, openly problem solve and communicate at a much better level than like you're like okay i'm creating a really hard environment but not a competitive one you'll see that they don't want to problem solve because they they're not as engaged in that process and i think if you know when you have a really good session you've you've engaged in communication you've engaged in that open problem solving activity you know you're having conversations with your coach you know I, i i just i think back to like some of my favorite sessions as a goalkeeper. And I was like, man, I really got my brain kind of buzzing and thinking out different solutions to problems that I was in, I was facing. And I think that's the competitive piece as a goalkeeper in a session is that, you know, you're trying to have all the answers. Like you want to be the smartest goalkeeper so that you can always limit shots. You can always limit situations you can always navigate a way out of it. I think that's the, to me, such a fun piece to the game is that chess match kind of strategy yep. that goalkeepers kind of start to, they kind of start to build that as they get a little bit older, you know, ways yep. to kind of best the forward. And I, and I love that like little cat and mouse kind of game that goes on between a forward and a goalkeeper. And I don't know if what, like, you know, that's just something that's, just in you and you it's hard it's, it's hard to coach that you know but i feel like you got it in you 
you need to let that piece of that game flow and you got to be comfortable enough to let it out, you know? And, and I think that's just such a powerful tool that I think when you tap into that mindset, you start to really change your dynamic as a player. And I think that's something that will set you apart from other people who don't tap into that. And you'll start to see yourself yeah. making more saves. You'll start to see yourself threading a pass that maybe you should have played, but it was a, it was a good split to a, to a central player in distribution. I, I think you just start to see yourself learning and pushing your boundaries a little bit more, a little bit more. And I think it just really creates an environment from yourself of you getting that 1% better every day. Yeah. And that could be applied to anything that we're, that you're trying to work on as a goalkeeper. Yeah. I think it gives you that confidence when you're competing, when you're competing, it gives you that confidence to try things you may not try any other time. And you're a little bit more willing to fail to try something because you are competing. You want to have your, your confidence levels high. You're going to, as you said, kind of maybe look to thread a ball that you may not normally try to thread. And it's, it's something that maybe is not the best ball to play, but you're going to try it because you want to win. And you may, you may thread the ball one time and it works great and you get a goal out of it in a small side of the game. The next time you go to do it and a defender is able to pick it off and you go, okay, well, now next time I've got to, I've seen both scenarios. The first one was a little bit different than the second. I had success in the first, didn't have success in the second. Now I can, as a goalkeeper, we can quickly analyze that and go, okay, this is the scenario I'm looking for in order to play that ball, or this is a scenario when I shouldn't play that ball. And I think, as you kind of stated, Zach, us as goalkeepers, we're always analyzing, we're always thinking about the next thing. We're, we're playing this game of chess as we go, go on throughout the game. And it just kind of made me think of a scenario of like we were playing small sided at Millersville and widow had never really said that the goalkeepers couldn't score. <laughs> and I had a ball played back to me and I picked my head up and I didn't see anybody open in that first second that I received the ball. And I picked my head up and I saw an opening at goal. I was like, all right, well, haven't been told we can't shoot. So I was like, okay, take a touch on my feet, and I finished it. And that was how we ended practice. What it was like, he was so confused. He was like, hold on a second. Like, you just scored, but I didn't tell you you could. Okay, we're done. Like, it, it was just like one of those, like, but it was because I was in that moment of like, well, I don't have anything else. I wasn't told I couldn't. So I'm just going to go ahead and try it and see what happens. And it worked out for the benefit. But I think moment. it's – yeah, exactly. I think you find that when you're competing, you're going to push the boundary a little bit more than when you're just – I think, again, it's that difference between working hard and competing. When you're working hard, you may not try that. But when you're competing, you're going to try something different than you would normally try so that you can – so you can win, so yeah. you can be successful and put yourself on the right side of, right side of the score sheet. I think finding that creative solution comes in that moment too. You know, like we, we both went to college for, a, you know, to be teachers, you know, mm -hmm. and I think there is so much overlap between coaching and teaching. But one of the things that they always taught us in our education degree was like, don't discourage that creative spirit to maybe be different or do something different. And I think that just applies to 
these little moments on the field too, right? It's, it's this little stuff that you start to – it makes you go, wow, like, oh. Like, just because a coach didn't think about a solution that a player came up with doesn't mean it's not good, you know? Right. Just because something's different doesn't mean it's bad. Some, sometimes those are the best moments that you'll ever see as a coach is when the, a player feels the confidence, the competitiveness, and the creativity all, all at the same time in these little moments. And it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't flow 24-7. But when those little moments happen, backfill that with praise. Yeah. Because you want to encourage your players to feel like that they can do or be creative or compete. Because I feel like if you, if you kill that, right, and I have a player that transferred into me that played for a coach that just was like, don't do that. We're only doing this one way. This is how we're going to play, and that's it. Where I'm like, listen, you're forward. You want to be a little more creative? Go for it. Why yeah. not go take someone on one v one on the dribble? Why not try to get end line and then get a little seven ball? Like, what? Like, I don't understand why not. You know, you know. But that's just the the spirit that I have as a coach is I want my players to be creative, especially in the attacking third. No, I completely agree, and I think um, I think we've got to. As you said, we've got to, as coaches, we've got to allow them to be creative and we can't take that away from them because as soon as you take that away, they don't ever want to try to do it again. Right. They think that they're wrong for trying that. And it's a conversation of you may, they may do something creative that doesn't work out. And it's a conversation of, hey, I really liked what you did there. Mm -hmm. I understand it wasn't successful, but I liked the idea. And that's the moment of we can say, why don't we try this next time instead of what you, what you did to see if we can be successful in that. But I think it's just, it's approaching it in the right way to not take away their competitive nature, but allow them to continue to be successful and be creative. Right. I think it comes back to that your immediate response to a situation as a coach or a player is really important to fostering that feeling of that competitiveness. So let's just say, you know, like, okay, let's just use the example of like, I was watching like the NBA finals, like when, when LeBron was still in Cleveland and what's his name, like call a timeout and they didn't have a timeout or whatever. And like, you can see LeBron on the bench just being like, what a freaking idiot. Like, oh, my God. But his immediate reaction to that is negative, right? So you're th – this guy is now, like, completely, like, mentally – like, LeBron was completely, like, mentally checked out, right, because of this whole situation, the way he reacted to it. I think your emotional reaction to things has to be from a good place and not a bad place. Like, if, you, if your coach is on the sideline being like, no, like, what are you doing? No, no, no. Like, okay, like, well – it wasn't probably wasn't a bad idea. It's just about execution. Like if a, if a goalkeeper has these negative impulses or negative reactions or negative self-talk, that's going to fester. That's going to grow. That's going to spread. You know, I think if someone's trying something different, you go, Hey, what, you know, what'd you see there? Okay. Not a bad idea. This is what I saw. I don't know. Maybe try something a little bit different. That, that didn't quite work. Right. You know, like I think just like, like trying to hold in those immediate reactions to things is, you know, better, especially as a goalkeeper, because you, 
whatever you send forward, that's you. That's the message you're sending, you know, and if you have an emotional goalkeeper, you know, I think that really kind of messes with the vibe going forward, you know, and especially your back four wants to have confidence in the person behind you or behind them. So I don't know, man. I just, I really think you just got to keep that competitive spirit alive as much as possible. Right. It takes, and it takes time to learn how to filter your response to a situation. I mean, I know there was plenty of times, me as a goalkeeper, my immediate reaction was not of a positive nature. Um, So you've got to learn to filter those responses. And then as a coach, again, I've had times where you go, what the heck is that player doing? And then going through is a great ball to a person you didn't even see running on the far side and now they're they're scoring a goal and you're like i wish i could have held that response in three seconds longer to have allowed the play to develop than to have spoken um spoken so quickly about it yeah dude i got a question for you Yep. Do you have like a cat in your office or something? So I hear it's some yeah. meowing. <laughs> there, was, there was a uh, there was a kitten in the office. And, uh, <laughs> I'm like, man, what is that sound? Like, yeah, the the listeners are gonna get a great um, some great kitten noises in the background. You know, dude, I, I thought that'd be me because my wife has seven cats in our house right now because we foster cats. Oh. But no, it's it you was, uh, in your office in yeah. your, at your job. What? It was uh, – so the men's assistant um, has taken on a kitten that was found on campus in a dream mm-hmm. pipe. So he brings him, the kitten into the office to take care of him throughout the day. And well, the nice. was being very vocal this morning. <laughs> He's giving us a thumbs up in the background. I love it. <laughs> so the kitten's name is Winston. Okay. Uh, from uh, New Girl. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I like it. Yes. So yes, we cool, man. get the. It's my. It's our little therapy animal that comes in. Yeah. The office. But, uh, yeah. That's good, yes. dude. Yes. I think like I don't know. I'm just like a, I'm just a, my brain is like firing on all cylinders with this like, just this concept of competitiveness, and I, I just yeah. I'm really enjoying the. Just the whole idea of it, you know. I remember coaching against Mercy Hurst last year and John Arlett, he's a, he's a great coach. If you guys want to look into him, he's a really good dude. Um, really good coach. Every time the ball was in the air, man, he was telling his kids to compete, 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 you know, compete for that ball, compete for this, compete for that. And I just, I'm just obsessed with this idea of competing right now and filtering that into my team as much as possible. And, you know, I'm just thinking about it too, like from a goalkeeping perspective is, if you got a goalkeeper that wants to compete and loves to compete compared to a goalkeeper that just works hard, I think you just start to see a whole nother level of a player, a whole nother level of a goalkeeper. So if you're, if you're young and you're listening to this or you're a coach and listening to this, encourage that competitiveness, encourage it, get them to love competing, get them to love going after it. And I think you'll see a whole nother level of players start to emerge, a whole nother level of confidence start, start to show up. So yeah. And talking about the goalkeeping side of like kind of the competitiveness, if you're doing a goalkeeping session, I think 
it's getting goalkeepers to go, maybe you're, it's a set of six, right? And I mean, for me, I've kind of changed when I'm doing different things. I don't really, I have an idea of how many reps I may want somebody to hit, but I'm looking for quality within those reps. So it may be that I'm shooting for six to eight reps, but the um, but at the end of the day, we end up doing 10 reps because we need quality out of that. As Dude, I'm I got to change the topic real quick. I'm so that. sorry, man. Dude, this is like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I just got accepted to the third and the 30. Like right that's now, awesome. I just got it. I just got the email that I got third and the 30. Awesome. Congrats, dude. <gasps> dude, I've been up, I, this is my fourth time applying to this freaking program. Congrats. I didn't oh complete my, my application this year. I never completed it. But congrats. That's Thanks, awesome. man. Yo, let's go. I, like, that's one of those things that's like I've just been working so hard for this. And, like, I mean, you know this, dude. Like, we've been talking about mm-hmm. this for, like, years now. Of, like, I want to get into that program. It's such a huge thing. Got it clutch that's awesome so proud right now congrats and like again that's another thing like i've been striving for something and i've been competing for that and trying to get myself into a spot where i've surrounded myself with really good people and um who've helped helped me get to where i'm going so that's freaking awesome that's really cool man that's awesome that's awesome wow. too bad too bad it's not a free trip to anaheim this year Oh, dude, I totally forgot about that. Oh, man. Sorry, I know. It's It's all virtual, so hopefully I'll get to experience something new and a little bit different, you know? We'll see. Yeah. That's awesome. That's exciting. Hold on a second. It says right here, I have to appear on a USC podcast, which that would be really cool. I have some experience doing some podcasts. Um, You can give a little shout-out. Give a little shout-out to the position. While you're on there. Um, and then it says, uh, agree to contribute to two educational or write two articles for the USC's. So that'll be really cool. I'm, I'm all about that. Like, I love curriculum. I went to, I have my master's in curriculum instruction, so I'm excited for that. And then I get to, I get, when we're in Florida, I'll have to sit in on the, the convention, I guess. Because <laughs> well, that's the week that we're at my brother's house. Yeah. So that's cool. Wow, that's all. I'm honored. That's awesome. Well, good. I can uh, I can buddy off your your convention. Yeah, yeah. You can sit there with me. Yep. That's awesome. Wow. Well, I mean, um, I'm very excited. I think I think when you work hard and you have competitiveness, good things coming. They come your way. You know. So keep that keep that in your back of your head for those who are listening, like I've been, I've been working hard for this and Cole knows that for the last couple of years. And, you know, I think when you keep that competitive spirit going, you have that competitive edge, you have that mindset of, I want to get better every day. I want to learn. I want to, I want to be educated. I I think really good stuff comes your way. And my players are going to, I think really benefit from me get continuing that learning process and continue to be competitive and, and all that kind of stuff. So fantastic. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, hey, I think that's a good, this is a good time to end this so I can, uh, I got to work on my paperwork here. <laughs> there you go.
So I need to call. I need to call Missouri now. I need to call them because they just left me a voicemail. So, all right. Oh, I'm gonna take care of them. They just called you. Yeah, they left me a voicemail, so I'm gonna call them back and start working on this. But this is fantastic. I'm really actually kind of glad that we did this when everyone was kind of listening, like how that all unfolded there. That was kind of cool. I'm glad we could share that. So, yeah, let me. Uh, I'm gonna take care of this, and we can wrap this episode. All right. Well, awesome. Well, it was great talking about that. I know invest a lot with your 30 under 30, Zach. Yeah, thanks, man. I really did enjoy this episode, though. Like, no joke. Like, this is something I want to expand more on. It's something that I, I love watching UNC and Anson Dorrance. Obviously, if, if you're a soccer fan, you know his competitive cauldron. And I freaking love the idea of that. I think it's you have to have the right kids to do that and have yeah. that the right structure. But that's something that if you're a listener and you're trying to learn more about competitiveness, look into it. They're actually starting their own podcast. It's called The Vision of a Champion. It's on Spotify as well. A little shout out to them. And I think I'm going to listen to it. I think it's going to be an awesome educational piece. Yep. It's about a book that Anson wrote about all that stuff, that his competitive spirit, the competitive cauldron. So might be something that you guys might want to listen listen to and get into and kind of feel your, your hunger spirits. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, if anybody has any comments, questions, about the podcast, they can reach out to us um, on our Instagram, The Step Position, or send us an email, um, thestepposition at gmail.com. Feel free to let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys and uh, continue to work on different episodes that way. Uh, Zach, as always, appreciate the help. Always, man. Get your stuff taken care of. And uh, thanks for joining us for this episode of Step Position. Peace.